Hello and welcome to the first ever edition of the 859 Insider Broadcast with myself, Adam Conradi, alongside my good friend and co-host, Noah Ziegler. Hey, how you doing, Adam? It's a great day to talk some 859 basketball and we're so close to getting back to what we love and that's Kentucky High School basketball. Yes, indeed we are. We are right around the corner. January 4th is the official start to the high school basketball season in the Commonwealth of Kentucky. So let's get into it. Today we will be previewing the 2021 basketball season by doing a district-by-district breakdown, highlighting the top returning players and teams from all around Northern Kentucky. There's been a lot of turnover between these teams past few years, especially this past season, and we need to keep you updated on where all the rosters are. And if we have time, we'll do a short football season recap. All right, let's go. All right, so to start off this preview, we're going to go with the, to the 31st District. Uh, the only school in our coverage area is uh, the beloved Gallatin County Wildcats, who have been running the table for the 31st District for, I believe, it's four straight years. They've won that district. But this year is probably the biggest chance for another school like a Henry County to take them down. Um, last year was pretty close. Carroll County definitely got close with Wyatt Supley and Keyshawn Mumphrey. Mumphrey is returning, and they also got a few other supplemental players, but Carroll County really is going to miss Wyatt Supley. But back to Gallatin, uh, they lose their best player, the player that really willed them to victory and willed them to a late-season push and almost to an eighth-region tournament victory over Grant County. Jaron Rasman, um, you know, losing him is going to be such a big loss for them. They also have a couple of key uh, seniors that graduated from last year. Uh, such as uh, Lucas McIntyre, Gage Ashcraft, uh, Devin McAllister was a good player. But they have some other players like Zach Johnson, who is a starter. Um, they have two other starters returning. It's just going to be a lot for them to really make up that production loss from Rasman. Um, Hayden Dickerson, who is a senior, averaged 8.9 points per game and had a 40.3% three-point percentage um, and 2.1 rebounds per game last year. That'll be key in uh, what should be that or a district that they should be able to compete with or compete in, I should say. But uh, I was just reading up on the uh, Bluegrass Preps, the preview, and as I mentioned to you, head coach John Jones, uh, obviously he is one of the most revered coaches in the Commonwealth of Kentucky. Uh, I think he's over 400 wins at that point or at this point. But he said the fact that they haven't had practices, they haven't had a summer, and Coach Jones – knows how to make an identity of this team he it's always defense and effort because you know obviously the talent pool in Gallatin the second smallest county in the commonwealth isn't exactly producing all these you know college bound athletes so Jones makes them into these athletes that are very good and very competitive and without this summer with a team that's young with a team that needed a summer to find an identity he even said he's worried about that identity. And Adam, I'm curious to think, how much do you think that's going to affect uh, Gallatin's, I mean, quest? I believe it's either five or six straight district titles at this point. Um, but yeah, what's what's it going to take for them to really be able to maintain that? Yeah, well, Gallatin, obviously, as you said, loses a lot of their bulk of scoring from last season, only returning two starters in Dickerson and Johnson lost their two leading scorers and their main go-to guy in Rasmus. So first, before anything, they got to figure out who their go-to guy is. Who's going to be their new Jaron Rasmus? Is it going to be Hayden Dickerson? Is it going to be Zach Johnson? I don't know. And as you said, with them not being able to practice over this past season or over the, on the off season to get some chemistry, that, that's going to be a problem for all new teams in Northern Kentucky with a lot of turnover rate. These kids haven't been playing together as much as they're used to. And 
you know, six month off seasons. We're just doing like two week practices. It, it's going to be an interesting season. We'll see what happens. Right. Yeah. And it, it's definitely a season where Henry County can finally topple this, you know, recent Goliath that is Gallatin County, but you know, everyone else in that uh, district, I mean, Owen County, Eminence uh, aren't really, uh, they're not really expected to be there quite yet. Um, I think they're also going through some, I guess, identity changes. They're trying to figure out, okay, how can we do it? I mean, Owen County has been doing that since Carson Williams graduated, but um, yeah, other than that, I feel like Henry County is definitely the, I don't want to say favorite to beat them, but I think they have the best shot. And Henry County's coach even said, we're not going to call ourselves a, call ourselves a favorite until somebody beats Gallatin because until you yeah. beat the best, you're going to – I mean, you have to label them as the favorite. And we also very much could be seeing uh, John Jones, you know, not, not playing down, but he's a very – it's got to be a very realistic take. And as a coach who is humble, a very humble community, I feel like Jones will have to, you know, kind of set that and say, hey, look – we don't know what we're going to look like, but Jones has proven time and time again, what he can do with players that are looking to break out. And I feel like there, everything will be fine in Warsaw. It's just a matter of, okay, how many, how many games is it going to take for them to really figure this out? Are they going to be able to scrimmage? Are they going to, you know, what are the restrictions going to be like, especially, excuse me, especially now that we kind of see this uptick in COVID-19 cases, but again, we'll see. And uh, it's, it should be a very contested uh, district this year. Yeah, Gallatin is definitely going to be a team to keep your eye on this season with that battle with Henry County and Carroll County for the district championship. Everything's up in the air. Yeah. All right. So switching to the 38th district, the only one in our coverage area is Pendleton County. And of course, that is the beloved alma mater of now Kentucky men's basketball player Dante Allen, who is still searching to make his breakout there. But also uh, they've had room for someone to kind of take in that role. Dante Allen proved that, hey, someone can rise to that occasion and make a name for themselves from Pendleton County, one of the smaller counties. Uh, obviously, their best player who's returning, Traden Thomas, who very good player, uh, very shifty, a guard. Uh, he averaged 19 and a half points per game last year, shot 56.8% from the field. That's incredible. Uh, 5.7 rebounds per game. Uh, obviously, again, in, a, in you know, when you have that type of player, you need help. You need a lot of help with that. And in a 38th district that has Robertson County, who's very much going to be loaded again. You have Harrison County, who almost beat Pendleton County last year in the district semifinals, only lost by two. So there's there's a chance that Pendleton could see another drop off. But if Traden is going to keep improving, I mean, there's no there's no reason to see maybe Pendleton gets close to Robertson. I mean, 15 points is definitely a manageable uh I mean, scoring deficit within a year, but obviously this year, we don't really know what's going on. There could be a lot of players for all we know that are going to opt out because of, you know, various reasons. So not, not really much to discuss about Pendleton because there's, I mean, there's a good chance that uh, Robertson's going to repeat. But other than that, uh, Trayton Thomas is going to be their key player for this year. Yeah. One thing I would like to add for Pendleton, just on Trayton Thomas, I think he is a Dark horse shot to win uh, 10th region player of the year. People aren't talking about him as much. And he's, I mean, he's an absolutely great shooter. 56.8 from the field, as you said, 19.5, 5.7 rebounds per game. I mean, Dante Allen was in, in the same spot, averaging 40 a night. If he can put up 25, 30 a night, he'd have a real conversation for 10th region player of the year by the end of the season. Right. Yeah, no, definitely a dark horse. Uh, and he'll definitely be up there with a couple of the uh, – 
Campbell County players and Bishop Brosser players that we'll uh, touch on in a little bit. But uh, do you want to go ahead? Let's go ahead and switch to the 32nd district. We're going to go back and go chronological order now from 32nd up to 37th. Uh, this one, we're going to go ahead and start. Um, I guess it really starts with Grant County, um, I guess alphabetically, I should say, because Simon Kenton has been really running that region. Um, same with Walton Verona. Very, a very, again, again, a very competitive region uh, with Grant, Simon Kenton, and Walton. But uh, I guess we can start with Grant County, who has a couple of key players returning. Uh, last year, they did win in the Region 8 tournament game against Gallatin, 77-71. Uh, this year, they have Blake Robinson, who's a senior now, who had over uh, double-digit scoring per game and 4.4 rebounds per game. And Dylan Hammonds, who's also coming back. He's a sophomore. And, you know, as a freshman, he averaged 9.3 points per game. Uh, Adam, what do, you, what do you think about Grant County? Do you think they have a shot? I know um, they've lost a couple key players, and Simon Kenton and Walton Verona are only getting better. Um, what do you think? Uh, well, I think Simon Kenton is definitely the team to beat in this district. I, I mean, I think that's hard to argue. And Walton Verona did not lose much from last season. So Grant County is a bit of an interesting spot here. Because they return a few key players in Robinson and Hammonds, uh, 20 points per game between them, but they also lose a lot of scoring. So it's really up in the air. Same thing, uh, similar to Gallatin County. They haven't had much time to practice. We'll see how the rest of the team develops around them and if they can make a shot to maybe get the district runner-up and take that from Walton Verona. Right. And I think, uh, I think Walton Verona definitely is in a spot to kind of return to the – eighth region tournament because obviously a couple of years they've had uh, uh his name is for, his name is slipping my mind um Deontay Miles this, yes yes he him leaving obviously uh plays a role and obviously uh Brand, John Brandon's brother Grant Brandon leaving is very effective or affects them a lot but Mike Hester is coming in he's really trying to get them back to this competitive point because they were very competitive not only in the region but in the state in terms of all a uh, but Walton Verona definitely, I think, if I had to make a prediction, I think Simon Kenton's going to be up there. Kelly Neese is coming back. It feels like he's been there for eight years. Um, yes, it has. Because, <laughs> I mean, that's what happens when you have a player like that. It's so good. Same with Scotty Droud, uh, Droud who's gonna, yeah. we're going to talk about again. Um, but, yeah, obviously when Neese is a freshman coming out like that, he's – yeah, we're going to hear about him a lot. It's going to feel like a long time. And I'm sure – I'm sure for 32nd district opponents, it feels like a longer time. But – um, yeah, I, I think if they're I tired make, of hearing Kelly Neese's name. Yeah, now. exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I think, I think if I had to make a prediction, it's going to be uh, Simon Kenton winning the district. And I would, I would think Walton Verona is back in terms of they're going to be back to be uh, competitive and get to that district championship game. Yeah. Sadly, I'm going to go chalk with here with you here as well. I'm going to go Simon Kenton over Walton Verona to win the championship, but I watch out for Grant County. You never know. We'll see what happens. Now we're going to move on to the 33rd district with Connor Cooper, Ryle, Boone, and Heritage. Last season, Connor won the district. They beat Cooper in the finals by five. And in the first round, Heritage beat, or uh, Boone beat Heritage. And then Connor beat Boone and Cooper beat Ryle to set up the championship from last season. Connor is coming off a very solid 20 plus win season. So they are probably the favorites coming in. But then again, you can never sleep on the Cooper Jaguars with Tim Sullivan as the coach. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so Sullivan's always going to have it. He's, I, I like to call him the Tony Bennett of the ninth region. Always, you know he's going to have that staunch defense. Uh, you already know that he's going to be able to 
do it at some point. I, you know, that uh, I believe it was, was a 2017 when they went to state. I kind of, you know, think of that as UVA uh, last 16, year. 16 or 17. Yes. yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I kind of compare that to UVA's championship uh, from uh, 2019. It's all, all these years are getting. Yeah. But um, as you said, I think I really think you have to give Connor credit for this 20 plus win season. Um, and again, obviously they're going to be able to come back and have a lot of good players at their helm. Matt Adi, again, great coach. One of the most underrated coaches, I think in the ninth region um, definitely. is definitely going to have his team set up. But again, like you said, Tim Sullivan is, you know, he's Tim, he's coach Sullivan. He's going to be right there ready with this. You know team. what he's going to be. Yeah. Yep. And you know, but another dark horse, I think you got to give Ryle some credit. They were, they were close. They were very close yeah. to uh, beating Cooper in the district and, you know, all of a sudden it's Cougar, Connor versus Ryle. Yeah, that's a – I mean, again, Ryle has definitely been on the up for the past few years. And I think same thing with Boone County. Boone County might not be as close of a contender just yet, but Boone County definitely has seen some successful seasons, have some good players. If they could string something together, they could possibly pull the upset. And um, But, yeah, I agree with you. I do think Connor is uh, definitely going to be the favorite. But again, if we're going to go predictions, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say Cooper retains that uh, district title. I think Cooper versus Connor in the final is a pretty uh, safe bet, um, unfortunately, to Ryle, Boone and uh, Heritage Academy. But I think I think they uh, I think I think it's going to switch back to the team in union. All right. That's that's an interesting take. I will go against you on that one. I'm going right. to say Connor retains it. I just think Riley Osterber is due for a breakout season. I've been watching this kid play since he was younger. He's been an unbelievable talent. Last season, he averaged 10.2 points per game, 50.6 from the field, 43% from three. And he was not even their go-to player. It's going to be interesting to see what he can really do as their go-to guy this season. Yeah, I think if he, I think you're definitely right. If he, if he has that breakout year and, you know, a lot of these players who have, I don't want to say even bad stats because obviously his stats are good, but like you said, he wasn't the go-to guy. So when you look at that stat sheet and he's not the first name you see, he's, there's only so much that you can predict because he can, he can absolutely shatter what he's doing this past year and all of a sudden improve to 17 points per game or something like that. So I definitely think that is the key this year. And I think the same thing with, um, I mean, a couple of these Cooper Cooper players, uh, Jacob Deere, who's going to be a senior 7.6 points per game, almost shooting 43% from the field and 4.0 rebounds. I mean, that's, that's going to be key if he can increase that production and, you know, alongside Gavin, Gavin Rabe, who's shooting 15.4 points per game and about uh, 33.3% from uh, downtown, all of a sudden you have a couple of these players breaking out and then it's going to culminate in that district tournament. Yes, it's going to be a very, very interesting 33rd district tournament this season, as it yeah. usually always is. Very Year in, year out, that's usually the most competitive district in northern Kentucky. Very entertaining to watch. Be on the lookout right. for that come postseason. Right. Now we are going to move on to the 34th district, where St. Henry took the title last season by beating Dixie by five in the championship. Dixie started off the season slow last year, but finished it just absolutely white hot. So it'll be interesting to see how they build off that momentum come ending the 2020 season like that. Yeah. They, I mean, they gave St. Henry all they could. They honestly, it was, I remember paying attention to that game. I remember thinking, wow, Dixie's actually going to steal this from them. And as, as you said, they started off subpar that a lot of, I, I personally, I even thought, wow, this isn't a usual Dixie team. This isn't what they're usually like. 
And then all of a sudden St. Henry, um, you know, obviously I think everyone kind of figured St. Henry was the favorite to win the district, but you get to tournament time and you're thinking, uh Oh, what, what's going to happen here? Is Dixie going to do it? And they were leading for a substantial portion of that game. And of, uh, of course, St. Henry brought the win, but it's, it's going to be interesting to see, like you said, is that momentum going to carry into this year? Because I feel like any yeah. momentum from last year because of this pandemic, you know, uh, you know, I, I don't know if you've heard about this pandemic that we're in, but, uh, you know, <laughs> you know, because Once of this, all this, yeah, you know, a little, little few times, but, uh, I don't, it's going to be interesting to see if that momentum carries over, is it going to shift over to this year? And of course, St. Henry is the same thing. You come off an all a state championship. You, you have a lot of, you have your two main people, uh, Wyatt Veith and Jude Bessler returning. And you also have Cody Teton, who we've talked about breakout players for a lot of these teams in these dis- districts that we've talked about so far. Cody Teton's right there. Cody Teton's absolutely, I like to think, the definition of a utility man. He absolutely gets all the little things done. And, Shoots at a very high percentage. Right, yes. right. If he can if he can establish himself as one of the better big men uh, in this district, and not even that, in the region, he could that could really be a key you know aspect to St. Henry's team. But Dixie again. You got Ian Snelling coming in, coming in with uh, seventeen point four points per game from last year, almost shooting fifty percent from the field. And uh, you know, K- Kieran and Jarachi. Uh, I hope I'm not mispronouncing that. Uh, you know, yeah, shooting thirteen thirteen point nine points per game. Uh, Dixie really has it set up to where they can return and win the district again. But I really think you know you got Lloyd, who's always you know, going to be scrappy. They're always going to give people, uh, they're always going to give people fits. But I, I Lloyd think- was arguably the second most talented uh, in the district last season with Trayshawn right. Cody, but they obviously right. had a lot of drama with that situation. So let's, we'll see if that is like still the same. Maybe that's still affecting the team. I'd like to see where Lloyd is at uh, after all that that happened last season with Trayshawn Cody. Right. I think this I think this year more than anything is a great year for them to hit the reset button, really evaluate what they want that program and or what they want that program to be, what the identity is and what they want to establish in terms of being competitive in that 34th district. Because, you know, when, when we were in high school, Lloyd was Lloyd quickly became the number two. It was always Dixie and St. Henry and then Lloyd bumped in. And now it feels like it's gone back to this, you know, Dixie and St. Henry are at the top. And then the next tier is Lloyd. So it's going to be interesting to see, you know, what are they going to do this year? Is Are they going to be able to compete with St. Henry and Dixie, or is it just going to be another two horse race? Only one way to find out. Yeah. Play yeah. the game. Yep. What, what do you think about a district tournament though? Who do you, what do you think? Do you think it's going to be St. Henry winning a second straight or do you think Dixie will be able to get it back? This is a tough one. He's on a slight homer on this one, but I got to stay with the Crusaders taking the title here. I think Dixie can be a solid 20 win uh, team this season, but I just think St. Henry's depth is too much for Dixie to handle in the end. Yeah. I think, uh, I think big J journalistic protocol should have it uh, as two St. Henry alums running this uh, (laughs) podcast. Uh, I think it's, I think it's, I'm just going to flat out say, yeah, I'm going to stick with St. Henry because like you said, and we've said this before, you don't want to go against the trend. And the trend is St. Henry, their freshman and JV and varsity team for the past, or especially last year, have done well. Their JV has been doing well for a few years, which means, or hopefully for Coach Faust, that's going to translate into varsity success. 
And with a, I mean, a team with junior, led by juniors last year, you have to imagine that what's it to say that a new crop of juniors is going to do the same thing. And not only that, you have Wyatt Veith and Jude Bessler as seniors. So that's going to bode well for Faust. And I think that's going to be key. And I have to agree with you. I think Dixie has a great shot to do it, to a great shot to reclaim this title. But I think you have to go with St. Henry just because of the trend and the program has seen a great improvement in the past years. Not to say that it was in bad shape, but obviously there's a, a little bit or a couple of years where they were, you know, re, I guess trying to get back to the normal Coach Faust Crusaders way. And they definitely have gotten there. And then some as seen last year with an all eight title. Uh, yeah, just another note on St. Henry. Uh, Wyatt Veith has roughly 1,400 points in his career. So if he gets 600 this season, he could break 2,000 and yep. be the second only Crusader to reach that mark. That'd be, that'd be, that'd be uh, pretty big. And obviously, I think, and again, I'm not, gonna, I'm not trying to put these expectations on him or anything, but you know, depending on this year, you have to wonder where he ranks in terms of all-time Crusader greats. Obviously, you have to look at the team that won the ninth region yeah. and they're obviously going to be up there until someone else does that. But in terms of players, you have to put wide Veith up there and we, we can have that conversation career. Once, yeah. once the season's over when we reflect on that. So on to the 35th district, also known as Cubcaths district and Cubcath has yet again, done a lot of movement. They're the heavy favorites yet again, but uh, Beachwood and Holy Cross are really right on their tails and can maybe give them a run for their money this season. Uh, what do you think, Noah? Yeah, I think I do think I do agree. Um, Cuffcath, I think, is the favorite. And I think, I mean, if not to make the early prediction again, uh, but Cuffcath, I think, is going to win the district again, as you said, Cuffcath's district. Uh, yeah, you have so much firepower on that team already. They're already the number one program in Northern Kentucky. And not only that, they're starting to bring in transfers. Uh, some are eligible to play this year, some are not. Uh, but you, you can't, you can't disregard Scotty Droud, who has beaten Cuffcat before. Beachwood has beaten Cuffcat before, yes, and I think have. that makes things a lot, really interesting because last year I feel like Cuffcat was the favorite, and there were some closer games that a lot of people didn't expect. And I think Cuffcat's always, you know, I, and I know they're 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 the program, they're the premier program in Northern Kentucky, and I think they're everybody besides, wants to do what they are doing. Exactly. And everybody wants to beat them. And they know that. And mm -hmm. Cuffcath lives off that. And that's not a bad thing either. When you're the best of the best, you absolutely have the right to say we're the best and we're just going to we're not going to take anything else. So they're, they're the Duke of Northern Kentucky. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, UK fans listening might not uh, like that comparison. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I, I, I think Beachwood and Holy Cross are definitely going to be is definitely going to be such an interesting battle for the second and third spot, in my opinion, because I think Cuffcast will get that number one spot. But I mean, again, Beachwood a couple years ago showed they could beat Cuffcast. Who's to say Holy Cross can't get to that point, especially with Jacob Meyer coming back with almost 18 points per game. Brandon McClendon is always a very good player. Um, you know, mm -hmm. but again, that's even not even talking about Beachwood with Droud, Will Downton. But again, Mitchell Riley transferring is a big loss for them. It's massive. Yep. He was doing some great things with Griffin Elite on the AAU circuit this summer, too, getting a lot of college offers and college looks. And with Cuffcath picking up that transfer, that is just going to be absolutely huge. Yep. Yeah, and that's uh, it definitely is not an easy transfer to make, you know, with that Beachwood Cuffcath rivalry. So we'll we'll see. Yes. Uh, might it might be a, a good thing for him that there aren't going to be student sections this year. Um, but yeah, that that'll be an interesting uh, 
interesting to see how he further further develops under a uh, well-renowned coach and program that boasts developments. But yeah, yeah, I would not be shocked to see him getting a few D one offers by the end of the season. Yep, for sure, especially with the connections that they have there at Cuffcast and Cuffcast getting a lot of attention, uh, especially with CJ Frederick doing his thing at Iowa and all that. But uh, you know, I, I think me and you can. I think it's safe to say we think Cuffcast going to win this district. But Adam, what do you what do you think about that second and third spot? Do you think Beachwood and Holy Cross can do it? Or do you think, or who do you think is going to be between Beachwood and Holy Cross? Or do you think Holmes with Quantes Callaway with 18.2 points per game and 6.3 rebounds? I mean, do you think they can uh, potentially kind of sneak in there and maybe reach the district championship? Yeah, I think you can't count out Holmes too early. I mean, they're a historically great program. And this is Quantes Callaway's senior year. He's been their go-to guy for three years now. And he's got a mission this season. He's averaged 18.2 and 44.2 from the field last season, 6.3 rebounds per game. This kid really wants to make it to the regional tournament for his final season. But Beachwood and Holy Cross with Jacob Meyer and Scotty Drought are standing in his way. And I think Holy Cross is going to be too much between those three teams. I think Jacob Meyer, Brandon McClendon, and Jeremiah Hicks are the best trio out of those three teams. The other two have good duos, but I think the, the depth of Holy Cross will really persevere in the end. Yeah, I agree. I think Holy Cross will take that second spot. I think uh, and Drought will obviously do his thing at Beachwood, but I think losing Mitchell Riley is going to be key. Um, I, you know, it's, it's weird to think, though, that Callaway has never been to the regional, region tournament. And for a program yes. like Holmes, that's – I mean, you don't, you don't see that. So I do think there is a good chance no. that I, – I wonder – that's probably in his mind. He's probably going to say, I want to play at you know, Northern Kentucky. So let's see – if um, he can do that, but I agree. I think uh, Holy Cross will be the uh, kind of edge their way in, and it's going to be a great set of games between them and Beachwood. That's for sure. That's going to be a very competitive region or district. I can't wait to watch it this season. So moving on from the 35th district, we're going to go to the 36th district. Uh, this is a, another traditionally competitive district. Um, we got Highlands, Newcath, Newport, Bellevue, Dayton. Uh, a lot of these schools that really, you know, the parity is there. Uh, Highlands, Newcath, Newport are traditional programs in this region or in this district. And they usually kind of filter in and out in terms of who are the two best. But um, as we've seen, Newcath, who, you know, in the early 2010s, that decade, they were that traditional team. They were the team that was always there. They were either winning the district or in a, I mean, to be honest, they were winning the district a lot. But now you have Highlands. You have St. Vincent, who is a Division One commit to NKU. You have Newport, who made it last year and is returning Keandre Nelson. Um, it's going to be interesting. And I think Bellevue and Dayton are, again, I mean, Dayton has Lorenzo Price and Jordan Marksbury, both averaging uh, over 14 points per game. Dayton really returning can, scoring. Yeah, Dayton can really kind of get in there and say, hey, you know, if they knock out Newport, and who's to say that? I mean, Newcath has had, uh, had a down year last year. And they've had for a couple of years. Who's to say Dayton can't sneak in? But I, I do think it might be uh, the programs are obviously, you know, very, I don't want to say far apart, but obviously Newcath and Newport and Highlands have kind of established themselves as the big yes. three. But uh, I, I think, you know, Highlands, you have Sam Vincent, you have Luke Muller, uh, both phenomenal players, both shoot at a very efficient percentage. They're going to be the two teams that you really are. They're going to be the two players that you really look at to lead Highlands. And this is Highlands' best shot to really kind of establish themselves as, you know, hey, we're not just a football-focused school. I feel like Highlands, because of their success 
Um, you know, obviously that's gone downhill past two years, but Highlands is traditionally people look at them as a football school. And now we're getting this sense of, Hey, Highlands is a very, very good team this year. There's a very good chance that they are going to compete with, uh, they're going to compete for the ninth region title. Um, yeah. I mean, they made it to the ninth region title game against Cuffcath and gave yeah. them a great game last season. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What do you think? Beat... Highlands could, could do anything this season, to be honest. Highlands and St. Henry are the two teams that have a real chance to knock off Covcath in the regional title on any given night. Right. But they have to play a great game. That's the thing. Covcath is always very fundamentally sound. They know what they're doing. They're the best coach team in the region year in and year out. And, well, these teams got to play well. It has been done before. It has been done before. Ask Coach Sully. Right. <laughs> Right. And I think, again, the key for Highlands is how much do you get out of the rest of the team? Because if you have Sam Vinson, let's say he's putting up, I mean, as he's done, putting up over 20 points a game. You have Luke Muller, who's putting up over 15 points a game. But that only gets you to around 35, 40 points per game if you're on an average night hovering around your average scoreline. How much does the rest of the team produce? And that's going to be key because Cuff Cath definitely has the firepower to get 60, 70, even 80 points a game against ninth region opponents. You're going to have to match that firepower. And I know last year they, the final ended 59 to 54 and Highlands defense is also very good, but you have to wonder, you know, that offensive firepower with Cuffcath bringing in a lot of, you know, offensive minded players, you gotta, you gotta figure out, okay, how are we going to match that? Or are they going to rely on their defense to really minimize that and hope that, Cuffcast defense or and I know we're talking non-district opponent but um, you know everyone else's defense to shut them down uh, I think Highlands definitely is the favorite in this district I don't think I think Vincent and Muller are enough to win the district at least but um, you know there's there's definitely this race for second Newport won obviously was second last year uh, but Newcath again is traditional they're that they're they know what to do but uh, what do you what do you think about that kind of race that last spot. And again, we can't really even count on Bellevue and Dayton because if, yeah. you know, who's to say that they don't, you know, find something, find a spark and get in there. Uh, for Newport, my player to watch out for would probably be Evan Snap, younger brother of Ethan Snap, former yep. great player for Newport and Rod Snap, the head coach's son. He as he's coming into his junior season and in, as a sophomore, he averaged 5.4 points per game on 36.1% from three. So he's due for a breakout season. He's going to get a lot more shots this season. And if he can average 12, 13 points a game, give them a solid second scorer behind Keandre Nelson, they can really give Newcath a run at it. But with Joe Isles coming back and Ross Pangallo due to make another huge step this season in the coaches poll, they already have him as the top 10, as the 10th ranked player in Northern Kentucky in the preseason. I think Ross Pangallo is going to average 15, 16 points per game this season, and Joe Isles is going to be right behind him, and that's going to be too much, and they're going to be able to hold off Newport and get that runner-up behind Highlands in the district. Yep, I agree. I think it's Highlands number one, NCC second. I think we'll return to that kind of battle, but um, it'll, it'll be interesting to see kind of how Newport does because, again, well, as we've talked about a bunch of times, is a lot of these districts have you know, a couple of good players, but their death is going to be absolutely crucial and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens with, you know, Dayton and Bellevue again. Uh, they could find something. Obviously, it's not very likely, but we'll see if, uh, yeah, but I think NCC is definitely going to be up there. I agree with you. Yeah, there's some great coaching in this district also with Kevin Listerman, Ron Dawn, and Rod Snap. 
I mean, with those three teams and those three coaches, it's going to be an interesting postseason. Yeah, and, and Bellevue, even Bellevue. Bellevue has a good coach. I know um, – I think it's Tommy Ratterman who's at MSJ. That's that's big for a program like uh, like Bellevue. When you have yeah. a player go to a Division three level, that shows, hey, you know, they, they can clearly – figure something out they can actually get someone to that next level so it'll be it'll be interesting to see if there's somebody else kind of waiting in the wings all right last district 37th district that we're going to talk about in our northern kentucky uh district by district preview uh it's the 37th we've got scott camel county bishop brosser calvary christian um you know as we, we were just talking about usually a very competitive uh district between brosser scott and camel county no offense to calvary fans out there um but yeah this year is going to be again another interesting year in terms of can Bishop Brossard finally, finally get it done? It feels like every year they have this chance, they have chatter, everyone's starting to see the hype around Bishop Brossard, who's always a always a very competitive team. You know, I always enjoyed watching them play uh, St. Henry, um, because they're very similar programs. But you see Brossard, you see them returning a lot of players, but you also see them losing Ethan Eilerman. Uh, but then you have Scott. And Scott's, I mean, Scott's usually the traditional number two in that. So, but of course, as I haven't mentioned, Camel County's there. Camel County is for sure, I think, always going to be the favorite. Again, like I mentioned at the beginning of the episode uh, with Gallatin County, Camel County is going to be a favorite until somebody beats them. But uh, what are your kind of initial thoughts on the 37th district? What do you think is the key to look for this year um, before we make, I guess, our official predictions? Uh, I think Scott and Brosser really return a lot of talent and they can make a run at Campbell County this season. I just don't know if Campbell County is ready to be knocked off that ledge just yet. They have a lot of, they have two great seniors with Dane Haggy and Garrett beating and also Aiden Hamilton returning averaging 12.6 on 47% shooting as a freshman. That's only going to improve. And I mean, last season, Campbell County had a great season. They beat St. Henry they only lost to – they played a great game against Cath and lost by 11. Uh, they really competed with every single team they played against, and they showed that they could, they're right there. And I, I haven't seen Scott and Bishop Brossard do that yet, and until they do that, I, I got to give it to Campbell County. Right, and last year, Brossard beat Campbell County. They beat them by nine, and then Campbell County in that last half of the season was able to flip it and then win in that 37th district championship. That just shows that, you know, we talked about it with Dixie. Dixie started off slow and then picked it up. And I think Campbell County, you know, showed that last year. They're that team that they can, you know, even if they start slow, they really know how to figure it out. They know uh, behind coach Eric Russell, they know how to figure that out. They know how to get Mm -hmm. it done. They know how to establish that identity and show that they are the kings of the 37th district championship. But again, as we've said, Scott returns, you know, a lot of production. Grant Profit. 20 points per game off of almost 50% from the field. Kyle, Kyle Huelsman, 13.9 points per game. And Cameron Patterson, 11 points per game. That's significant production that you're returning. And it's players that are getting older. And you always have Upper to classmen. They're getting yeah. older. You know, once they take that step from the kind of the younger faces of the program and building it up. And Scott went 6-22 and 22 last year. That usually does not happen. Even if Scott isn't known to be this top-notch, you know, the kings of Northern Kentucky in that in their respective region. Scott usually has a very competitive team. The year before that, they went 19-12. and 12, And obviously, if you go further back, 
we can talk about the Jake Omer years, which was great Jake to watch. Jake Omer mania. Yep, Omer mania. That was one again one of the best stories of the, I mean, of the Sweet Sixteen was watching Jake Omer will his way to a Division One offer. Um, and is that now buzzer a, beater he hit from the oh, corner was still one of the best shots I have ever seen in my entire oh, yeah. life. Oh yeah, that was absolutely incredible. I, I think I still have a lot, like three different videos of that shot bookmarked <laughs> on my Twitter. I'm not even kidding. I, that is that was such a great uh, tournament to watch. And now Omer's at a very respected program at Georgetown. Um, but yeah, I think you know for Scott, I think the key is going to be, you know, you got to start if you want to get your way back into being that good established program within the district you have to go back to the, you you can't, you know, just immediately go, okay, we got to beat Campbell County, which obviously you can. And obviously they've done it before, but in terms of you go from six and 22, it's realistically, there's a lot to make up. You, you know, it's unrealistic to completely flip that record. Um, You know, even with the impressive production that they are returning, I think the key is going to be, can these players kind of establish themselves as not only the offensive threat, but I, I think very clearly, if you kind of get yourself a defensive identity, you know, take one from Coach Tim Sullivan's notebook and establish yourself defensively, you can sort of make up a lot of those losses. And I think, you know, before, before we make our official predictions, I think Scott's right there in terms of getting close to Bishop Brosser. I think Brosser losing Ireland is going to be huge. But is it enough for them to really make up the fact that their season last year was not good? But they they clearly showed that they can really flip that and be good. So I, I think it's going to be interesting to see kind of what they do in terms of how are they going to improve. Very much so. Yeah, Scott's in a very interesting spot here. They return most of their scoring, really, but not not a great record last season. The talent's there. But, I mean, so is the talent in the rest of the district. Campbell County and Brossert return a lot. Yes, you said, Brossert uh, does not return Eilerman, which is a big hit. And that's why I still have Campbell County as the favorite. I, I just think they came off a great year last year. They have two retre- returning seniors and a sophomore. It, it, it's going to be a great, entertaining district. My, my upset that I would pick, though, is I would take Scott as the runner-up over Bishop Brosser. I think Scott is due to make that next step. I think I we'll know by roughly midseason and have a better feel of that, but that's, that's my prediction. I agree. I think, uh, again, like I just said, Eilerman lose, or leaving Brosser graduating is going to be huge. I think him, uh, I think that's a major – he was such a great player. And Scott had a couple games last year where – against good teams that they were kind of close. They lost to, they lost to Highlands by 13. I know that's not a close game, but losing to Highlands by 13, you lose to Dixie in overtime. You, I mean, I mean, even last year, but they also are lose to Dixie in overtime and you beat Ryle and that's a good win. You lost, they also lost Connor by eight right before uh, at the last game of the season. Howard, they have some losses that you, you just kind of go, usually Scott doesn't lose. Usually, I mean, Scott lost to Calvary Christian 55-51. You don't see that. They lost to Covcath 87-19. You don't, you don't see that. I mean, the, the last time I think I've seen a, a, a I would call it a big program like that, lose to Covcath like that, was probably our senior year at St. Henry. You know, you usually, you usually don't see that. Yeah, well, we don't, we don't talk about that. But, uh, you know, it, it's kind of like, okay, which Scott are we going to get? We see some of these – weird losses and then they ended up losing to roster by three 
in the district final. You know, you see some of these weird losses and you think that's like a head scratcher. But then you also think, okay, but they also have shown that they're pretty decent in terms of like they can play up to some opponents. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do. And their, Scott's first game is against St. Henry. So that is going to be probably the, a great benchmark for them in terms of how are they going to compete. But it's where's it's that game be, being played at? Uh, that'll be at St. Henry. So that'll be that'll be very crucial in terms of you know where is Scott going to start at? But you know again, it's going to be it's going to be. I mean, we're going to figure out very quickly who is Scott, what are they going to do, and can they compete for Brosser? But I agree with you. I think it starts Campbell County number one, and then Scott number two. All right, now for a little bit more preview of the basketball season, we're going to go through the preseason coaches polls that were just released last week. For the top 10 players, uh, at number one, we're going to start with Sam Vinson from Highlands, coming off a career season last year, roughly 24 points per game. He is the player to look out for this season in Northern Kentucky, NKU commit. Number two is Wyatt Veith from St. Henry. He led St. Henry to an All-A State title last season, and he's looking to get their first regional title since 2003. Is that correct? I think so. All right. Number three is Scotty Droud from Beachwood. You know what Scotty's done in his three years so far. He has been unbelievable, one of the best shooters in the program history. And always he's been a top five player in the region since he's had his breakout season his freshman year. Uh, number four is Kelly Neese from Simon Kenton. As we mentioned earlier, this kid has been here for a long time, and he has been a killer for a long time. Number four may be too low for him. We'll see if he stays there by the end of the season. Number five is Jacob Meyer from Holy Cross. This kid was a freshman last season leading uh, as the leading scorer for Holy Cross, and he is only going to take a step up from there. Uh, number six and seven are Chandler Starks and Donovan Stocks from Covcath, respectively. Uh, Starks is a sophomore and Stocks is a senior. Starks is a big rebounder. He, he's a he, – yeah, disregard that. <laughs> number eight is Luke Muller from Highlands. Uh, he's a great three-point shooter and will really have a lot to say if Highlands is going to make a run at Covcath this season. Number nine is St. Henry's Jude Bessler, senior uh, forward. And number 10 to round out the list is Ross Pangallo from Newcath. Yeah, and I, I mean, my first reaction is how many years have we had where the top five did not include a single player from Covcath? And I think obviously Starks and Stocks, um, great job not mixing that out, by the way. I totally would have had a tongue twister with that. It's a tough one. Um, yeah, no, I, I think they can definitely, at the end of the season, work their way up to the top. But I don't think you can you can disagree with the whole uh, Vincent, Veith, and Drow rounding up that top three. I think those three are very clearly uh, yeah. some of the best players that the each top program. of the talent in this region this season is as good as I've seen it in five yep. and ten it's, years. It's unbelievable. Yeah, and it's in our time at St. Henry, which was 2013 to 2017. Well, at least for you, I, I took a year away from there, but. Uh, uh, it feels like a lot of it was chalk. We knew what we were going to get every year. And I'm really glad that the ninth region and this, you know, a lot of these players, it's, we're starting to see these play, like Sam Vincent at Highlands. It's great to see a program like Highlands have that type of player. Wyatt Veith at St. Henry. I mean, we talked about it when we, when, I mean, the big thing was, could he go to Cuffcath and uh, you know, Scotty Droud staying at Beachwood and seeing Jacob Meyer at Holy Cross. It's great to see 
a lot of this talent spread out at different schools because it's going to lead to a very competitive region. Yes. Yes, it is. And it's going to lead for a lot more, a lot more uh, coaches and recruiters to come to our region to watch these games and see these other players. So it's only good for everybody else. Exactly. All right. So now that we talked about the top players in the region, we're going to switch to the top 10 teams in the region. We got number one with 18 first place votes. That is Covington Catholic. I don't think a lot of people are shocked to see that. Number two with four first place votes is Highlands. Uh, Very close by though, in terms of overall Mm -hmm. kind of points, uh, only nine points behind Cubcats in terms of the overall voting points. Uh, Number three is St. Henry. They've got one first place vote. I'm interested to see who that was um, (laughs) because I know you can't vote for your own team, but that that tells me either Cubcats or Highlands is coach or potentially someone else saw them that. But yeah. I, it, it couldn't have been Faust, as much as I'm sure he's confident in his team. He would never um, do that. Yeah, Coach Faust definitely uh, would not do that. He's uh, <laughs> very way too humble to do that. But um, that, I, that'd be interesting to see. I wonder who actually did that. But number four with 118 total points. And, uh, and to, I'd say a pretty far drop-off behind uh, in terms of overall points is Beachwood. Yeah, larger than expected for sure. Yeah, but 118 points, I think. I might have misread that. But uh, close behind is at number five is Holy Cross. And then six is Simon Kenton, seven, Campbell County, eight, Connor, nine, Cooper, 10, Dixie. I think that part of the region is more so, okay, who are going to be maybe not regional contenders, but who can upset maybe a team like Beachwood, a team like Holy Cross, a team like St. Henry, who can really play spoiler. And sure, maybe a team like Cooper or Connor isn't built to beat Covcath this year. But who's to say they can't make a run for that regional title? Because obviously making a regional final, because making that regional final is huge for these programs. But um, overall, I think I agree with this. I do think, I know last year St. Henry beat Highlands, but it took a big fourth quarter comeback. I think Highlands is the number two team. I think Cupcast is the number one team. And I think Beachwood has shown they're the number three, or not Beachwood, sorry. St. Henry has shown that they're the number three team. And it's going to be interesting to see how St. Henry kind of establishes themselves as even the second best team in the region. Um, I do. The one thing I think I would switch in this, I think Holy Cross could be primed to sneak into that, you know, four spot over yeah. Beachwood. That's going to be interesting. I also do think Connor and Cooper are a little bit lower than expected, but when you throw in Simon Kenton and Campbell County, who are, that's again, what I was going to mention. Yeah. I, I thought Connor should be above uh, Simon Kenton and Campbell County I after do, their uh, yeah. season that they had last season, finishing 23 and six, 17, three in the region. Yeah. I just think that deserves a little bit more respect. Right. And I, I think that might have to do just with the fact that, you know, I, I think this kind of proves what we were talking about. Holy cross is very much set to really kind of come in and really compete. And I yeah. think this poll really proves it. I also just, I think that maybe beach was up there because of what they've done the past few years. And they've shown mm-hmm. that they are the ones that actually have beaten Cuffcath in recent years um, in the district play. So it'll be interesting to see how this kind of shakes up. Um, I'm also curious that Dixie was at a 10, but I do, I do think them being behind, I don't think Dixie has shown, or I shouldn't say that. I think Dixie at 10 seems weird to read, to see, but I do think that they need to prove that the second half of the season was the true Dixie Heights Colonels team and not yeah. just this, uh, you know, them sparking at the right time. They definitely have potential to move up in these rankings, but it's going to be tough. I mean, these teams in front of them are very, very solid teams. They're, it's going to be interesting. The region is very, very talented this year. Oh, yeah. And it's going to be fun. And, uh, 
Okay, before we let you guys go, we would be remiss to not talk about the Northern Kentucky football season that just ended. We'd like to give special congratulations to the 2020 state champions of Class 2A, the Beachwood Tigers, led by quarterback Cam Hergett and Mr. Kentucky football Cam Hergett. The second straight year a Northern Kentucky kid has taken home the award with Michael Mayer, who is now at Notre Dame. Very impressive indeed. Mm-hmm. Death taxes and Noel Rash getting it done at the state ter- state championship. Uh, I mean, it's it's just incredible what that program has done, especially against a very good Lexington Christian team. And I, a lot of people picked Lexington Christian to win that game. And I think Cam Hergett really showed, hey, I'm Mr. Kentucky for a reason. Well, he, yeah. he eventually showed, or was Mr. Kentucky for a reason. But uh, that was this showed that. No matter what, you can put Beachwood in 1A, move them up to 2A, and it took them a year or two to get really acclimated, but Beachwood's back to being that state contender. And, uh, yeah, like you said, congratulations to the Tigers. Um, Very impressive season indeed. But, um, yeah, and a couple other teams also deserve a little bit of Uh, shout-outs. Before we get there, I'd like to read out Mr. Football Cam Hergett's stat lines. Yeah, you need to do this because this is incredible. Yeah, Mr. Kentucky Football Cameron Hergett was 161 for 220 passing for 2,467 yards, 26 touchdowns to six interceptions. On the ground, he had 140 carries for 1,078 yards and 12 touchdowns. Not bad. Not bad at all. That's uh, He definitely is up there with one of the – I mean, we've seen some great Beachwood quarterbacks come through, but he's got to be up there. That is Definitely. that is incredible stats. Definitely. All right, so in 1A, uh, Newcath, uh, led by running back Joey Runyon, who had a four-touchdown game in, I believe, the quarterfinals, uh, they lost to Paintsville in the semifinals. So a good season for Newcath. Yep, Paintsville went on to win that, uh, win the 1A state. So definitely a good season, losing by just two touchdowns to Paintsville. So they they were they were close. They were there. Again, NCC a good season, and uh, yeah, really, I guess kind of coming back and I guess oh shit, yeah. Uh, Paintsville ended up. Yeah, I'm just gonna restart that. Lost to a Paintsville team that ended up winning the uh, 1A state championship. So a good season for NCC. That's. And lastly, never mind. This is not lastly. <laughs> oh, yeah, because Dixie. And also a special shout out to the Covington Catholic Colonels, who had a solid football season this year. I know they're probably a little disappointed that they didn't win state, but they showed a lot. They still had a great season. They lost a very, very good bowling team at home in the semifinals. And Bowling Green team at home in the semifinals, and it they have a lot to build on for next season. If you're a Covington Catholic fan, you should not have your head down after this. They are still exactly where they need to be. Oh, yep, exactly. And uh, I think Bowling Green is a traditional powerhouse, and I yes. think that that, like you said, that is no season to hang their to hang their heads down on that. But um, real quick, I do want to give a quick shout out to a fellow Covington team, and that is Holmes. Holmes football this year just totally flipped the script on what they usually, I mean, usually are. They traditionally the were not very good. The Yes, the dogs. They went seven and three this year in the best year they've had in a very long time. They lost to Boyd County, uh, again, who is very good. A very good Boyd County team. 
And, you know, shout out to them because that's always, again, it's always good to see them. Well, before you move on, a special shout out to basketball player as well from Holmes, Quantes Callaway, who ran mm-hmm. for 170, 170 attempts, 1,024 yards and eight touchdowns. That had yeah. a lot to do with their successful season. Yep. And like we said, he's has his eyes to play at a NKU this year in the regional a regional uh, tournament. But, you know, he, he did it while he did it on the football field. And that, that's a good actually, you know, what? come to think of it. That's a that's a good indicator for Holmes fans out there. Yeah, if they, it's a momentum uh, builder. Yeah, exactly. To get his confidence up. And lastly, we would like to give a big shout out to the Dixie Colonels on a successful football season. Uh, they started out the playoff season by playing Simon Kenton and going down 23 to zero. And then the game was delayed due to rain. And then they replayed it the next day. And Dixie won the game. Yeah, that that is an incredible achievement this year overall for Dixie Heights uh, behind quarterback Logan Landers, who lighting it up. Uh, They began the year losing by seven to Covcath. I think that's when people realized that was that was the game where I think people said, is it Covcath having a down year or Dixie being good? And it very quickly became Dixie is very good. They they followed that game with a loss to, again, another traditional powerhouse in Corbin. But then they rattled off a bunch of wins. They uh, lost to Ryle 44 to 14, who again they ended eventually ended up beating in the playoffs 41 to 36. That just shows how good you can be. And of course, there are obviously very likely some other indicators of that, you know, potentially some players being out due to uh, injuries, possibly COVID. But a lot of these games, you look at them and it's like, wow, Dixie did really, really well. Um, and again, in that in that win against Ryle that won them the district championship in the playoffs, Landers threw for 431 total yards, had an 85 completion, 85 percent completion percentage, and have five passing touchdowns, nine rushes for 72 yards. And he's only a junior. He's got a lot of Number room. Three passer in all of Northern Kentucky this season. Yeah, he's got a lot of room to really build himself up to be. I mean, potentially a D1 prospect. I mean, his junior season, he ended with 2,311 total yards, 21 touchdowns, one, um, you know, 1,868 of those yards were from in the air. And his 63% completion percentage is really good, especially for a 6A school like Dixie that hasn't had a lot of that uh, on-field success. I mean, you could argue since Zeke Pike or since, yeah. some of the, or since a couple of years after that as well, um, so that seeing that uh, again, congratulations to Dixie there. I think they're really primed next year. Um, you know, hopefully we'll be able to go to those games in person by this time next year and see him play in person, um, Definitely. with a packed house, of course. And, and also from Dixie, another special shout out to Kel Hawkins, who led the state in interceptions this season with eight. Very impressive. He was also wow. a great wide receiver as well. That is that is impressive. Two way players are also just that so much respect for two way players because that is so much work and so much effort to be able to maintain that fitness throughout the game and also again put up eight interceptions in a season while you're playing both sides of the ball. That's nothing short of incredible. Yes, he had eight interceptions as well as 426 yards and two touchdowns receiving. Not bad. Yeah, that's not bad at all. So that's all we have for you today. Thank you for joining the first episode of the 859 Insider Podcast. Uh, We talked about basketball preview. We recapped the football season real quick. But um, obviously, it's so exciting to have what every Kentucky fan of any sport loves, and that is high school basketball. We're so close to getting there. And um, obviously, we're praying and hoping that we have a season that – 
finishes. That's <laughs> that's a lot to ask for. Fingers crossed for that. Oh, I get, one fingers crossed for that. Um, that we get that. Um, but as as you know, obviously we encourage everyone to stay safe. Um, make sure you follow these rules because really a lot of it counts on us as fans um, to make sure the season goes by. But yeah, of course. Uh, thank you for tuning in, um, Adam. Any closing remarks? Uh, I'd just like to say thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week. Yep, we'll see you next week.